0: The following program, the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show, is paid for in full by AccuNet Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org number 255368. The advice and opinions expressed during the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of AccuNet Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands.
1: Welcome to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. Getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Acunet Mortgage and & Realty. And now, here's Brian and David Wickert.
0: Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage & Realty Show. I'm Brian Wickert, a licensed real estate broker with Acunet Realty Advisors and majority owner of Acunet Mortgage, along with my son, David who's one of our senior loan consultants, managing owner, and also chief client experience officer. Remember, if you've got a question or a comment, you can call or text us on the Old National Bank talk and text line, which is 855-616-1620, Old National Bank, get old. And remember, you can also grab a podcast of today's show or any of our other past shows wherever you normally get your podcast. So, David, uh, in in the realm of interest rates, Mm -hmm. we got reminded this week that... um, Domestic interest rates here in the U.S., particularly mortgage rates, don't exist in a vacuum. Uh, And this week we had the Bank of England raise its overnight rate that uh, banks charge each other by a half a percent. And what other banks did you say raised rates this
2: this week? The Swiss National Bank, the Norges Bank of Norway, they each raised... Swiss Bank by a quarter, Norges Bank by 50 basis points, or half a percent. And then my favorite, the Central Bank of Turkey, they raised by 650 basis points, or 6.5%, trying to That's keep their economy moving forward.
0: All right, so the enemy, remember, is inflation. So banks around the world, um, like the Federal Reserve Bank, are raising interest rates to try to make things more expensive, to tamp down consumer uh behavior and also try to cause some higher unemployment that's a reality they don't like to talk about uh and and uh right now we're we're ahead of the curve here in the United States yes we are ahead of the curve here in the United States compared to those other countries we've done already a lot of the heavy lifting also uh Fed chair Powell uh, testified before both chambers of Congress, Congress this week David did that do anything to mortgage rates
2: uh, the mortgage market generally went shrug, if if only because what Chair Powell emphasized was no, we're serious. Like nobody should confuse what I am saying. We are going to beat inflation, and we're going to beat it back, and we're not gonna you know undo the beating it back until we know we are successful. So he just continues the same theme that he shared the previous week after the open market committee decided to skip or pause on rate hikes, and he said that again in front of both the House and the Senate. I always enjoy when he testifies uh, in front of Congress if there's a running joke, I think, in politics that you know you're doing a good job as the Fed chair if both parties are uh, you know frustrated with you. That's how Perfect. you know you're you're getting it right down the middle.
0: Hey, and so at, at uh, the close of business on Friday, uh, low overhead Accunet could offer this menu of choices for 30-year fixed-rate mortgages to somebody purchasing a $400,000 property, primary residence with uh, $100,000 down, that would be 25%, uh, 760 credit or higher, and all the other right stuff. You know, we could give somebody a 5.99 rate,
2: David. <laughs> yes, we could. we could. With but uh, but what is the saying? The rate is the bait, but the costs right. are the hook. So what's the hook on that one?
0: You would have to pay a six thousand three hundred and seventy-five dollars of interest in advance. That's two point one two five percent of the loan balance, uh, in order to get that trophy rate. So that makes the annual percentage rate six point two three seven. Another offer that we could make is six point six two five. That would only take $1,875 of interest in advance or points, that's mm, five-eighths of a percent Mm -hmm. of the loan balance. Or door number three, we could deliver, by the way, the APR on that middle one was 6.73, door number three, 6.99, oh my God, that's almost 7%. Well. On that one, we wouldn't have to charge any points and we could afford to provide a $250 rebate uh, on closing costs. Now I was talking to one of our senior loan consultants, Brad, who was talking with a client. And of course, guess what? They wanted to know what's your lowest rate. Yeah. Okay. And so he quoted them, I think as low as 5.75 for their situation. and. And finally, after some discussion, so I think the proclivity of every home shop or others, I want the lowest rate. But yeah. what do people have to keep in mind, David?
2: Well, th- that it's not free, that the, the give and take with rate and cost is for that lowest rate. You are going to have to pay points to, I sometimes say, artificially lower the rate permanently i would say it's not artificially it's it's in reality well it's not the it's not the uh, the it's not i guess i'll call it the natural rate that you can as you described on the other end of the spectrum you know 6.99 percent helps you keep your costs low and as brad and any loan consultant at acunet does we just offer choice it's like yeah column one you want that low rate? Here it is. But let's also consider these other options. Well, and what I wanted,
0: Brad, and I coached him. I said, you need to help these folks. And I'm telling all of you out there who have people in your life that are uh, possibly buying homes, mortgage rates aren't going to stay here at 6.99% forever. No. Right? It's temporarily at this level. Uh, Fannie Mae's latest forecast is for mortgage rates to slide towards 6% by the end of this year. And so, you know, why spend all this money uh to to get the 599 rate now? Remember I said it was $6400 in my hypothetical rate quote here when you might be able to get that rate for free uh by the end of this year or maybe early next year because Fannie Mae's further prediction is that in 2024 mortgage rates are going to slide down uh, slide down further. Let's come back David and talk about your first-time buyer uh that we're considering delaying their purchase. Plus, I've got numbers uh, from the National Association of Realtors for the month of May for the whole country. We'll get to that when we come back. You are listening
1: to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620, WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ.
0: Welcome back. I'm Brian Wickard, the elder... And that guy over there, the younger, taller, more handsome, David Wickard, is my son and chief client experience officer at Acunet, and in addition to being uh, one of the top senior loan consultants in our group. So David has been talking with a first-time home buyer, and last week, David, you shared that um, he was thinking, hey, we want to save up some more money Mm -hmm. so that we can make a bigger down payment. So maybe we won't buy until 2024, and I just said in the previous uh, first segment of the show, rates are supposed to come down so maybe that's a good idea that he waits do you have any uh, retort to that
2: well uh, I I got one if you don't uh, I what I was gonna say the good news in the state of Wisconsin is that refinancing is really cheap and so he could have his cake and eat it too which is acquire the home now perhaps at a rate that they wish was lower and then if Fannie Mae is right about what rates do next year. You can refinance, but you can't refinance the house you don't own. Thing one, but then thing two: if rates come down next year, I forecast that things get even more competitive between yeah. buyers re-entering the market and sellers. Is that what you were going to say? That's exactly. Okay. And so my my specific spin on this was going to be: I think
0: the price. Uh, pressures in southeastern Wisconsin, anyway, are going to continue because of the um, imbalance of supply and demand. And so when I look at, hey, should you buy a home today at, let's say, 6.99 with really low closing costs versus waiting for next year, maybe early next year, when rates might be as low as 5.99 with the same no points uh, up front, you know, what you're risking is the increase in the property value. Hey, now instead of paying, you know, I'm, I happen to have the number $400,000 up on my computer screen. Now, if, if prices go up 8%, now you're buying a $432,000 house, yeah. not a $400,000 house, which is going to require even more down payment. So if you want to become a homeowner, uh, I, at least in areas where refinancing is really inexpensive, you know, what do you know for sure? You know what... Uh, prices are right now today you know what interest rates are right now today and if you can if we can come up with a payment that works and if i recall correctly in your story david they were looking to buy a relative's house and the payment would have been way too high yes so it's like okay we we helped them figure out don't do that um and the other thing that i didn't get to this week or i don't think either of us got to was to let him know that hey his dad might be willing to give him a gift to
2: no get no no 20% that now. that conversation is has has, has happened, happened or that information has been shared and even you know I had said on the show last week I quantified for them because I think when I was messaging with them one of the primary drivers of getting to the 20% debt was they didn't want to have that bank insurance oh that PMI private right. mortgage insurance Well, and, and what I, I quantified it for them uh, it was tens of dollars and I'm not yeah. sure what maybe their perception of what it would be Maybe they were afraid it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars right but it's so cheap they've got great credit and and low debt to income ratio that the monthly PMI is so cheap that that's not really it doesn't really have to be the reason they might also delay that's in addition good. in addition to your home value appreciation, I mean if rates come down to five and a half next year, Let's just. What do we estimate the percentage increase of hungry buyers is going to be? Is it going to be a eleven percent increase in the number of buyers out there looking again? Definitely
0: could be. And then we also don't know if that's a low enough rate. Is is six? Is five point nine nine going to make more people list? Meaning those who are have locked in 3% mortgage rates? I don't really think so. Uh, speaking of home sales, the National Association of Realtors uh, came out with their nationwide uh, and regional data for May. Uh, that was back on last Thursday. Nationwide, home sales were down just a tiny bit compared to April, similar to uh, Southeastern Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you compare it to um, May of 2021, they were 20% lower. Almost exactly the same as southeastern Wisconsin. So we're mirroring uh, that part of the report. Inventory of unsold existing homes grew by 4%. Uh, That's up to 1.08 million, which sounds like a lot. Uh, They state that that's the equivalent of three months' supply of homes at the May sales pace. By the way, three or fewer months' supply. Uh, of supply of inventory is considered a seller's market, so we're kind of on the upper bound of that nationally. Three to six months supply is a balanced market and six or more months of supply is a buyer's market. Well, the surpri- not, not surprising, but here's here's the punchline. Their chief economist Lawrence Yoon noted that current inventory is roughly half of 2019, <sighs> roughly, half. And he also observed something that we don't have much of here in southeastern Wisconsin, that new construction sales are actually quite strong because the big nationwide builders have an abundant inventory. So that's what's helping home sales nationally. We don't have that. Uh, by the way, the median sales price nationwide was $396,000, which is a decline of 3% from May of last year. When we come back, I'll give you a, a quick reminder of where how we compare to those national numbers. Plus, uh, we've got uh, David's got a story of somebody uh, purchasing a vacation condo up in Door County. We'll talk about the relationship between interest rates and their desire to buy. You are listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on Wisconsin's radio station, AM620 W.
1: Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Weckert on WTMJ. And we're back. Thanks for tuning in this
0: morning. We were just talking uh, before the last uh, break here about the National Association of Realtors' main numbers where I think the two things I want to remind people of is the median sales price nationwide was $396,000, and they said, oh, that's a decline of 3%. Uh, well, in May, uh, here in the five-county metropolitan Milwaukee area, our median sales price was $315,000, and that's a blend of both single-family detached homes and condos, by the way, in both sets of numbers, but our uh, median sales price was up uh, 6.5% from a year ago. So we are not the same as the national numbers, which is often the case. The other thing is the NAR said, hey, number of months supply, take the number of active listings, divide it by the most recent month of sales, that we have a three month uh, supply of homes. And I've always wondered this, so I finally emailed uh, the National Association of Realtors late last week and asked them, are you using the number of homes that are active listings and including those that already have offers? And the answer is yes. They do include the huh, all active listings. Well, you know, it's consistent. Okay. So if we apply that, right now, there are 3,046 single family detached and condos listed for sale in our five county metropolitan area. And if we divide that by the 1,640 sales in um, May, that's a 1.8 month supply. So our inventory is on the same measuring stick, demonstrably tighter in the Milwaukee metropolitan area versus uh, nationally. But it just so happens that over half of the active listings in our uh, metropolitan area already have offers. There are really only 1,490 homes, condos and single family uh, combined in the 5 county area that do not currently have active offers. So then if you do the math, we have less than a one month supply. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is why home buyers are having to pay more than uh, the listing price in order to get to the closing table. Uh, by the way, I drilled down a little bit more on that because I was kind of curious on the segmentation. And the biggest cohort, I think a researcher would say, are homes that sell sold in May between 200 and uh, 300,000. dollars 25% of the sales in southeastern Wisconsin occurred in that price range, one out of four. You might remember from previous shows, if you tuned in, 64% of all closed sales in May in the the Milwaukee metropolitan area sold above the asking price, and nearly half, 48% sold for $10,000 or more over asking. If you drill down on that most uh, frequent, most populous, most common sales range, Mm -hmm. guess what? 73% of buyers paid over asking. Three out of four and more than half, 56% paid 10 grand or more. If you go to the next biggest cohort or slice of sales, that's the 300 to 399 uh, price range. That accounted for 21% of all the sales, so we're getting close to half. Here we saw the same 73% paying over asking price and a little bit higher, 58% paying 10 grand or more. Then though, as you start moving up, you're in the 400s, 66% paid more than asking. You move to the 500 to 749.9 9 level, that drops to 57%, so a little less than the average. Guess, if you're in the million and up club, David, <laughs> you want to guess how many people paid uh, over asking?
2: 22%.
0: <laughs> Did you cheat and look at my notes? No. Because that's okay. the answer. Is that, okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. Buy a lottery ticket yeah. because uh, that's the answer. Uh, only 22%. Uh, paid fifty five percent paid under asking. If you're in the million and up club, and by the way, there are only twenty nine uh, sales, a little under two percent of all the sales in May were for a million dollars and up.
2: All is right. This, so is this the part of the show where I get to say that the listing price is a made up number, though? Oh, because, cool, cool. you can remind us that this yeah, it is. Just, but, I, go on. I know, but the house it's worth what it's worth. It's worth what you're paying for it, uh, and and it's not as scary you know as you're noting paying X over what our loan consultants do all the time and I I stole this from Tim hey you're gonna it's $10,000 to the seller but what we always do is quantify and what does that equal in monthly payment because that's the I'm gonna call it the real-life answer of how you feel comfortable buying that house I have a story uh, on that exact topic that I want to talk about with a uh, second home buyer up in Door County, Dad, that you alluded to. Don't break the bank to get into a house.
1: Back to the AcuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on
2: WTMJ. Welcome back to the AcuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm David. That's Brian over there. Uh, Dad, uh, I have a client who this week got an accepted offer on a second home up in Door County. woo Part of the reason why that is notable is it is hard to get an accepted offer on a second home up in Door County. Because if you think inventory is tight in our own backyard here in Milwaukee, there are just not enough homes and condos for sale up in Door County for all the folks who want to enjoy, for these and for these clients of mine, summer. Up there, how so, many attempts
0: did it take before they got this accepted? you were you keeping I'm gonna, track?
2: I mean, they've been looking. So let's call it. They've looked at a dozen homes. This is their third offer. Okay, so that's and, not bad. No, not bad at all. But I mean, some of it has been they've been cautious, or you know, okay. they haven't just been writing left and right. Uh, so they've been looking in the three hundred to four hundred thousand dollar range, and part of what has been tough is in 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 that price range. Particularly, you got a lot of folks looking for second homes, which probably means they have the means to be strong buyers. They, they were competing against cash offers more yeah. often than not in yep. that price range. Uh, and so they got the accepted offer And debt to what you spoke about earlier. They're paying $15,000 over the list price, which sounds, that's $15,000 to the seller, but for them... Uh, it's a monthly payment of <laughs> monthly payment difference of tens of dollars and what I uh, was able to share with them obviously they got the accepted offer hey we start talking about numbers. Uh, we've talked for years is it years now Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac don't really want to be in the second home business all mm. that
0: much well not anymore it was this just been about the last year? Did the pricing change?
2: That that you need to get to about a 25% down payment or more. And even then, pricing on a second home, it's not, it's punitive if only because second home pricing used to be priced like it was your primary residence, but not on Correct. The- yeah. And so now and I had
0: quoted six point, well, no, let me just put it this way. Earlier, I just said in the show that, hey, if you're a primary residence putting 25% down, we could get you a rate for 5.99% with uh, about 2% two points up front. Are you going to say what these people had to pay for their yes. second home financing? The,
2: so they, we chose an option which was at 7.5% with 25% down and similar cost, Ooh. which uh, was kind of not ha- the point. Oh, because okay, so they didn't
0: flinch at that and you i'm sure had prepared them
2: oh, that the pricing would
0: be different so they weren't surprised
2: but for them you know what they really want to do they want to spend summers up in door county there you go and the payment you know the mortgage and the payment i'm going to call that that's the spreadsheet answer and then over here in real life they're looking forward to summers up north with their daughter her daughter's growing family For many, many years to come. And what I also shared, I was like, your mortgage is not a life sentence. That if and when, as you alluded to, hey, might rates come down, you know, next year? If the answer is next year, the year after that, or whenever, if we have the opportunity to make their mortgage money smarter, cheaper, and better, we're going to take that opportunity. And in the meantime, they get to spend summers up north in Door County, which is the whole point.
0: What did they do, David, relative to the appraisal contingency? I'm curious about that because on the Wisconsin Offer to Purchase contract, a buyer can click a, a box that says, and it has to appraise out at my offer price, otherwise I can back out of the deal. They, Another box they can check is to say, hey, if the appraisal comes in low, you, Mr. Seller, have the power to lower the um price down to the appraised value and force the deal forward, or they can do something else. What'd they do?
2: So in in their case, they used the full regular appraisal contingency, and oh. the seller said yes.
0: Okay. So, so we're paying you 15 grand more. Did yeah. they give them the option to bring it down? Yes, low if it but yeah, low? they okay.
2: gave the seller the option to match. And, and that was a talking point was, hey, what if it does come in low? I said two things. One, you can go back to the seller, asking's for free, and you have it in your contract that you can ask for that. Uh, and, but the second part is, I can also quantify for them how to still pull it together. If the seller won't budge, they oh. still have the means to pull it together. Because guess what? Even if it comes in $6,000 low on the appraisal, do you know what they want? To sound like a broken record, they want to spend summers up in Door County, and they're willing you know, to cover a gap on a, a short appraisal.
0: And one little inside baseball thing. Uh, for a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage and you're buying a condo, you really do want to get, you want to maintain your 25% down payment. You don't really want to be saying, well, I'll just finance a little bit more. Why is that, because, dad? Well, two things. Bad things happen. When you put less than 25% down on any condo, your pricing gets significantly worse. If you're using a uh, uh, an instrument, a mortgage with greater than a 15-year term, and most people do 30-year. Yeah. So that's one thing that happens. And then on a condo... If you put less than 25 percent down on a second home, you now subject subject yourself to a full condo review, which is a little bit like, well, you know what? Let's talk about that, David, when we come back, because things are always changing in the condo world. I think today's a good day for a little refresher. You are listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show
1: on AM 620 WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning
0: in today. And don't forget, if you've got a question or a comment, you can call or text us on the Old National Bank Talk and Text
2: Line. What's that number, David? 855-616-1620. Old National Bank. Get old. All
0: right. So we're talking about David's client buying a second home uh, in Door County and why it's important to maintain the 25% down payment level, uh, and the two reasons were because if you don't put 25% down uh, on a second home condo purchase using a 30-year fixed rate mortgage, you would have significantly worse pricing. You'd have to pay an extra three quarters of 1% or on a $300,000 loan. That's uh, 2250 2350 bucks If you put less than 25% down on a condo on a 30-year fix than if you did put 25% down. So that's one reason. The other reason is if you put less than 25% down on a second home, or same applies to an investment condo, or you put less than 10% down on a primary residence condo purchase, you are subjecting yourself to a full Fannie Mae Freddie Mac condo review, which means your friendly lender now has to obtain the budget for the condo, the declarations and bylaws. A full condo questionnaire has to be completed, by the way, which a lot of condos now are charging 250 to $350. Uh, we have to do an insurance review, uh, which we have to do really on every condo, wh- whether it's a full condo review or limited. And if the condominium association has... 20 units or more, we have to make sure that it carries fidelity insurance. David, do you want to take a crack at what is fidelity insurance? Just fidelity
2: finally? insurance is to protect that any money gathered from dues from condo owners is not stolen, taken, absconded with, or otherwise thefted by someone who is in charge of that money. Fidelity, that, that money is protected.
0: That's right. And, you know, why wouldn't you want to have an insurance policy for that? Right. But we find sometimes
2: the, the full review or sometimes as I call it, the everything is not bliss review. Because wouldn't you want to know these things anyway? But go yeah, on. see,
0: that's that's where I am torn. It's like if you're a condo buyer, you should probably review all those things. But the more you look at the more as a lender, the more chances are that something goes bump and we go like, oh, that's a problem. And then everybody gets mad at us. Um, so, so again, the way to avoid that is to put twenty-five percent down on a vacation home or an investment property. Oh, by the way, if you're buying that condo in Florida, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac moves that target to thirty percent down. Yeah. Uh, and then to avoid a full condo review on uh, a primary residence, you got to put ten percent down or more. Do we get deals done with full condo reviews? Of course we do. Yeah, it's just. Uh, it it can be a little more complicated. And I would say the two things that are most frequently um, toe stubbers are one, the budget, because once we start looking at the budget, the requirement is that it has to have a reserve line item every year equal to at least 10% of the overall budget. So if you've got a $200,000 condo association budget, you got to have 20 grand line item uh, that says that's going towards reserves.
2: David, why are reserves important to the mortgage world? (laughs) Well, you must keep and maintain the health of this large structure called a condo. And there are either expected or unexpected bills that can pop up that if you need to replace the roof, you're replacing everybody's roof in the condo. And you need to set that money aside to be ready for those. Because when we've got a large pile of money leaned up against your uh, condo called a mortgage, We want to make sure that everything is in good health. Right, so that if you have to,
0: we want to, and the reason that we care about that, yeah, we want to make sure it's in good health so that if we get it back in foreclosure or you need to sell it as the condo owner, there's not going to be some big obstacle like, oh, my gosh, you know what? Because what condo associations do is they levy special assessments when they haven't put away enough money to pay for those future uh, maintenance items, big things like roofs. Paving, windows, uh, outside siding. You know, if you're in a in a warm, humid climate like uh, Florida, yeah. you name it. There's a lot of things. And the best thing a condo can do is have what's called a reserve study, that literally looks out twenty years <laughs> and says, "Here are all the hey, I'm an engineer. I came through your your uh, condo development here, and here are all the things that you're going to need to do." Over the next 20 years and when you're going to need to do them and how much we think they're going to cost in those future dollars, which means you've got to put away this much money this year, next year. Very few condos have a reserve study, but I think it's it's a really good thing to do. You should
2: want to know that. If you're a condominium buyer, you got a comment there, David, no, I I just come back to, these are all the things. If it was the bank of you, if you were paying cash for this condo, you know, not just putting 10% down, for example, but putting a hundred percent down, it would increase. I think any buyers, um, I care about this meter.
0: Uh, you know, I think people are just blissfully unaware mostly, Uh and the human proclivity is that everything's fine. Of course, the association has been doing a great job, but I got to tell you many, <laughs> many times for sophisticated buyers, uh, we have found out like, yeah, they have no money set aside for reserves and they don't have it in the budget. That That's a very frequent one. Or the fidelity insurance is another one where it's like, well, no, we don't have fidelity insurance. Well, why? It's cheap. Get it. All right. When we come back, let's do a victory lap, David, on uh, one of our, my friend and client who successfully closed on the purchase of a second home, but this was a single-family plan unit development in Florida. This week, you're listening to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty
1: Show on AM620 WTMJ. Expert advice on buying a home. Here's more of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ.
0: Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to this Sunday's show. That's David Wickard over there, the younger, taller, more talented Wickert and I'm Brian, the elder over here on this side. And uh, back in May, uh, I had a good friend of mine get an accepted or needed to get pre-approved. So thank God, thank God he came to us for this pre-approval because it it turned out as a business owner, as a business owner, um, there were a lot of things to consider for purchasing this new uh, planned unit development single family home so a, a planned unit development is where you're it's kind of like a condo where the association takes care of all your lawn maintenance and things like that and you got the pool and the tennis courts and the pickleball and in this case two golf courses yeah. um, but you still own the structure and you're responsible for the outside of it and all that good stuff you got a question over there? I was
2: gonna say and for any business owner the artistry of mortgage is what do we use and what do we not use Right. Leaving out, this is kind of like art. What you leave out is just Ooh. as important as what you leave
0: in. Yes. And so typically when you go to qualify a business owner to for a mortgage, you get their tax returns because that's how self-employed people report their income. And in a lot of cases, as was the case in, in my friend's uh, situation, uh, he draws a salary mm-hmm. and then you know he gets whatever bonus or, or winnings there are from the business uh, over and above. Uh, his base salary. But the problem was in 2022, the business had an off year and it actually lost money, even though he was still taking his salary. So from a mortgage lending perspective, we would have been forced to take a salary and then subtract the amount of the business's loss. You don't have to do that if you're working at a publicly traded company and you're drawing your salary but the company's losing money eh, yeah. yeah you don't have to subtract the company's loss from your income but when you own the darn company and the ownership is
2: defined as what percentage or more david greater than 25 percent ownership yeah 20
0: uh, greater than 25 percent ownership uh you got to look at things that way well luckily my friend is over 59 and a half years old and so what swiss army knife of mortgage lending did we turn to
2: we uh, Helped turn the asset of IRA pre-tax retirement money. We turned that into income Which is what but, the mortgage world is all about income
0: and so what we had to do though Is he had his money in the company's 401k program? Yeah, which we cannot use for this type of maneuver but okay. uh, But his 401k advisor, he had just switched, was wise enough to allow, put in a provision. Because remember, not all 401ks are the same. That would allow a participant to transfer all or part of those 401k assets out to an IRA. And that's what he did. That was a step one, which imagine if we hadn't done all this homework. Right, and he just went out and wrote the offer, assuming well everything's gonna be
2: fine. Dad, didn't you tell me that they also already own a house in Florida? Can you have Ah. two second homes? Or is this a new second home? You
0: can have two second homes, but in this particular case, uh, that property did not have any mortgage on it. He owned that condo, much smaller property, free and clear. But we did have to count the HOA dues, the property taxes, insurance insurance cost on that condo as part of his overall uh financial blood pressure in addition to his primary residence in wisconsin uh but we were able to make that all come together but it's something that we had to anticipate even though he's probably going to sell that condo the other thing david is i'm telling him once you sell that condo don't be in a rush to pay down that mortgage right because cash is king you can always do that and by the way we're able to, when somebody makes a big principal uh, reduction in their mortgage, they can reamortize the payment without having to refinance. And the reason that's important is that in Florida, refinance costs are really high. Yeah. They have uh, state income tax, county taxes, things like that. And the other thing we did in his particular case, because the refi costs were so high, David, is we did go with the lower rate and some upfront costs. So... Every deal is custom here at Acunet Mortgage, and believe me, even if you're not as complicated as my friend buying the second home in Florida, it really, really pays to consult with one of our smart, experienced senior loan consultants and make sure that we uncover uh, any potential bumps in the road before you start writing your offers. That's all the time we have for today's show, folks. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. The Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show is paid for in full by Acunet Mortgage LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org number 255368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Acunet Mortgage LLC and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands.